and National Social Intelligence for our podcast. I'd like to thank you all for taking the time out of your schedule to listen to us today and discussing the Emotional Social Intelligent Assessment. The group of EQI 2.0 practitioners and coaches consists of myself, Chinzia, and Kathy Sue. We formed this group with a deeply knowledgeable set of individuals who utilize the EQI 2.0 assessment in many impactful and practical ways. We will discuss how the assessment is applied and used in various formats. To launch, before we do our personal introductions, I'm going to provide you with a high-level overview of the five composite groups areas of the assessment, which are self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal, decision-making, and stress management. With that shared understanding, my name is Tyson Warner, and how I provide the EQI 2.0 assessment is professionals for their development in knowing oneself and how to process incoming information and the emotions surrounding that information and how to deliver honest and professional responses. It is also utilized for creating a harmonious culture by facilitating communication, even when the topic is sensitive or emotionally triggering. And lastly, it's for us to gain a better insight to our sense of self through self-awareness of how each of us as an individual receives, processes, and expresses ourselves. I want to remind you all that we want this podcast to be interactive, so please ask questions and raise your hands so we can listen and respond. The next practitioner and coach to share how they utilize the EQI 2.0 assessment is Chinzia. Hello, everybody. Thanks, Tyson. Welcome to our podcast. Um, I'm Cinzia, or probably a guest from my accent. I'm Italian. I live in Italy, but I have a global role in a multinational company, and I work in different areas. On one side, I've been working for many years on culture and employee engagement, working with HR constantly, and uh, I work uh, also on leadership development and building um, career growth program for emerging leaders. And on top of that, uh, um, I have this passion for global multinational and multicultural environments. And I do coach a lot of people in different regions of the world. So pulling together all this, uh, I think it's, it's interesting how I try to apply EQ and emotional intelligence in the different areas I work in. And I've noticed over the years that in some areas I might need EQ and some skills that um, Tyson mentioned earlier, uh, more in one area than in another. In another one, I'm working in, but certainly it's a, it's a fascinating world to deep dive. And if you're interested, maybe in the following podcast, you might learn more for each of the uh, of the areas. And um, I would let Kathy Sue, my colleague, introduce herself as well. Thanks so much. I'm Kathy Sue Dory, and I work in various roles and domains one of which is as a trauma healing facilitator and researcher in the positive mental health field for over 10 years now. I take an integrative treatment approach when working with survivors of complex trauma and PTSD in which the EQI is used as a clinical assessment to establish their baseline emotional social intelligence or ESI for short at the beginning of treatment to identify areas of improvement 
and then again midway to check on these improvement areas, and then again after a client's treatment program in efforts to sustain their ESI growth. And I think right now we're going to throw it back to Tyson for our first question. Excellent, excellent. So we welcome you all, and you can hear the very ways that the emotional social intelligence is used throughout our daily lives and through different events. So for question one, I'm going to kick it off and ask, why are you so passionate about the EQ and what does it mean to you? Kathy Sue? Thanks again, Tyson. Um, well, I could talk about why I love EQ and, and what it means to me for many reasons. I'm going to keep it aligned with how I use EQ with my clients. As I mentioned in my intro, I use the EQI with my clients to get a baseline in their ESI, which when you think about ESI, it's an intangible, meaning you can't really see your ESI. However, the EQI allows us practitioners the ability to see a person's ESI in the form of a tangible resource tool. This allows my clients to gauge where they are presently, where they need to grow, and how to sustain their ESI growth. The greatest takeaway my clients tell me is exactly that, that they can actually see their progression of growth, which is something they've never been able to see with a traditional clinical assessment. So EQ is really the pathway toward positive mental health, which is just really which is just so darn exciting for me and allows me to help clients who've experienced some of the worst forms of trauma to breathe a sigh of relief that help is on the way. And that, that alone just brings me so much joy. I'll take over from that, Kathy. That was a, a super interesting uh, view and use of EQ, actually. So uh, on my side, I'm very passionate about EQ because I think, uh, um, in general, emotional intelligence can be a very abstract concept for many of us, even when I started years ago to talk and think about EQ. But there are some areas that create and compose uh, emotional intelligence that are instead very, very practical, like empathy, like self-expression, like we, how we solve problems, like how we manage stress. And those are much more relatable to our life. And the way we use them, the way we use one strength more than another in a portion of our job or in a, an activity we do every day, shows the diversity and the variety of um, how a human being can be. And there is no right or wrong. It's just the way you are and the way you can leverage your skills in different ways. And um, what I also think is really interesting from my experience being in a, in a global environment for leadership development is the fact that we all have emotional intelligence, but the way we express it in different areas of the world, in different cultures, is very much different. Imagine... So the self-expression and how you express yourself in North America versus in some European countries or versus Asia, like China, India, it's very different. And so although we all have EQ, it's important to consider the personal traits, the cultural element, the country you're in, the, the culture of the company you're in, for example. So a lot of different uh, perspectives to take into account. Um, and then before asking Tyson your uh, your view uh, about this, I just want to remind the audience that if you want to join and share your view or have a question, just raise your hand. We can take questions live. Tyson, what is, are you passionate about in terms of EQ? Yeah, so I'm very passionate about the EQ because we know in the healthcare environment, primarily where I work, 
is communication is always the critical factor for every component of anything that we do. So with the individuals who work with me and our team at My Higher Roads, what I like to do is provide them the EQI assessment so that they can learn who they are and how they react and respond to various situations. And just like you mentioned, Chenzia, we all have EQ. It's just the traits and how we lean on them and utilize them that can impact the environment we work in tremendously. So once an individual takes the assessment, I love that they're better able to understand who they are, how they communicate, and how they process that information. So then they can entail take that information and better lead to their direct reports, communicate across board with their coworkers, and talk to their senior leadership effectively to create a harmonious environment. And like you mentioned as well, every individual is different and their personal scores enable us to have a complete baseline to build a plan for improvement and personal growth. Similar to exactly what Kathy Sue said, it is one that is actually measurable and beneficial to the individual. So with that being said, I'd like to open it up to question number two, unless anybody has a question and would like to raise their hand. All right, so for question number two, in what way has the EQI 2.0 transformed your life? And I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off to Chinzia. So that's a very interesting question and makes me think, made me think a lot when we're discussing which questions we could share with you, all of you. So to, beca to become a practitioner on emotional intelligence and being able to do debrief and coach others, you need to go through the assessment yourself, of course. And that is a transformative journey. As many of you maybe are coaches, you know that to become a coach, you need to go through a transformation yourself. And when I got the assessment, I realized that a lot of pieces of my own traits and the way I do certain things fell into place. So I'll give an example. One of the components of emotional intelligence is problem solving. And I have a very, very high score on problem solving, which can be very good or very bad. It depends on in which situation you're using problem solving. So for example, in my job in the corporate world, when it comes to organizing, planning, solving and for the for the for a problem, problem solving is a critical skill. But when I put on my hat as a coach, problem solving is the skill that I don't have to use because of course, as a coach, you just uh, need to ask questions, ask powerful questions. And I see in the audience some of friends that are coaches as well that uh, probably know the concept of powerful questions, right? Um, so being, um, being a coach, I don't have to use a certain strength. I have to leverage others. And so this has transformed my way of uh, using my own skills. And I also think... This has had a positive impact on the way I connect with people across the world in different cultures because I, I've learned how to develop uh, an empathy or use more interpersonal relationships or, or more independent other skills that are like independence, assertiveness with certain countries and cultures and maybe not in others. It, it really depends, but it's been extremely beneficial for my own personal growth in understanding how to connect with others. Um, can you see what do you think about that? Well, the transformation I, in your life. <laughs> well, I have to say that's a pretty loaded question for me. 
And anyone who knows me knows I could talk all day long about the EQI. Um, but I just wanted to share one story from my life. Um, and so for most of my life, I thought our IQ or cognitive intelligence was all there was, meaning a person's IQ determined your life course. Until I began my graduate studies in applied creativity when I was 45 years young, and I learned about emotional social intelligence, and I literally fell upon the EQI. It was such an aha moment for me that my entire perspective about me changed, and my IQ no longer defined my, defined my capability as a person. I, I was more than, than just my cognitive intelligence. I was inherently built with this thing called ESI, which better determined my life course, and that all the experiences of my previous life gave me quite the robust ESI, which is really another way of, of calling a person's uh, a level of wisdom. Learning about ESI allowed me to positively, positively look at my experienced trauma and be thankful for it. It allowed me to forgive myself and, and others in my life. And most importantly, it allowed me to share that those experiences of trauma make each of us stronger, wiser, and more emotionally resilient. And I used myself then, and I continue to use myself today as a model to my clients that they too can process their trauma by positioning their ESI in terms of learning and growth. And uh, I'm gonna now send it back to Tyson so he can share, share with us uh, how the EQI has transformed his life. Thank you, Kathy Sue. And I'd like to highlight some key important pieces that you both have mentioned. Chinzia, you were talking about having a multicultural perspective and a communication platform that enabled you to cross that boundary and still have very impactful conversations and leveraging each one of your areas of strength at a time of need because they're not always needed. But knowing how to pull from that reservoir is critical. And Kathy Sue, your ability to use your own self-awareness and personal journey to express and then assist those who are going through their life situations, whether it's joyous, trauma, or any other form in between, is very impactful. For me, I use the EQI, and it transformed my life by just highlighting some of my areas of strength and giving me a deeper sense of myself. I was able to understand where my comforts actually fell and how I utilized each one of the five composites to its fullest and sometimes it was just too much and how other areas were in a sense lacking they were underdeveloped meaning that I didn't really have the comfort to pull from that category in times of need to communicate to different people so for me it transformed me by not only providing me the insight as to where my strengths reside, but where my weaknesses actually were. And it gave me a hard look to focus on improvement through my journey of transformation and emotional growth to benefit not only myself, but every person that I had a relationship with from the working environment to my family. So that is how it's impacted my life. And again, if any member in the audience has a question, a statement, or a comment, please raise your hand, and we will bring you aboard to open up the discussion. But I'm going to turn it over to our third question here as we come close to our last 15 minutes of this podcast. 
And I'm going to ask, let's get one final answer from Kathy Sue. How might emotional social intelligence compare to cognitive intelligence? As you mentioned earlier, there was your IQ and your EQ. What's the difference? Thanks so much, Tyson. I love this topic it, because it's just so important as knowing the distinction between EQ and IQ can truly make all the difference in how a person views their self and capability to succeed in life. In essence, EQ, not IQ, helps us to form, grow, and sustain a person's positive self-concept throughout life. And basically, EQ grows with you from birth until your last breath on earth, whereas IQ does not. You're born with whatever IQ you have, barring, of course, any cognitive disability along the way. Um, IQ is stagnant, and EQ is active with forward motion. And just as a last remark on this topic, it's fascinating to me that our ESI skills are not tested at all, or with along with an IQ test. So our ESI really is invisible and intangible without the EQI. This means that our EQ and IQ are kept separate, and yet we as human beings are not separate. We're integrative beings, and both should be tested as children, adolescents, and adults. Um, and I believe that if we tested the EQI along with the IQ, I believe this world would be safer, more peaceful, and we would be a, a much, much happier world, that's for sure. Um, so in a nutshell, that's really the difference um, between EQ and IQ. Excellent, excellent. And so one of the things that we learned when we were going through our, through our training session to become practitioners and provide the EQI 2.0 assessment is oftentimes in leadership roles, we'll have the smartest person based on their IQ who knows math, trigonometry, reading, down to the perfect science. They're excellent in their field of study. But what is difficult is that level of communication and interpersonal relationships, which revolve around your EQ. So they cannot present themselves in a fashion that not only garners those to follow and go through their direction, but it hinders their ability to have that conversation, which is so critical in the working environment. Um, and I want to pitch it off to just one open question around the emotional social intelligence and get an answer from you, Chinzia. What has been the best form of communication that you've seen or categorical strength for bridging that gap between multicultural communities or multi-general generational conversations. <laughs> you are tapping into my communicator role here. <laughs> so I think uh, what is really, this is a really interesting question. And I think it goes back to the fact that we are human beings and we are people. And if we show the authenticity in ourselves, we show who we are, um, how we are, even our vulnerable parts that is going to be uh, certainly a plus for me and um, there shouldn't be shame in how we show up with others like the way you see me now that level of anxiety that you think we are having as 
because we are hosting this podcast, that's there, I can assure you. I am anxious about the podcast, but that's normal. And I'm not ashamed of saying that because I think we are human. And so communication comes more naturally, according to me, if you're sharing the true part of yourself, your authentic self, and uh, you're not afraid of uh, also sharing your emotions because um, we as human beings, our brain reacts first with emotions. That's how our brain is wired and is designed. We do not react with analytical answers immediately. That's something that comes after. So for me, the basic self-communication is the interpersonal connection with people and being authentic with each other, not fake, not as, as you're not, you know, fake until you make it. Yes, maybe in some areas you can make, you can apply that, but certainly be yourself and, and let others see you for who you are. And in fact, I remember um, in my coaching journey, uh, in, in some sessions, we used to end uh, a peer-to-peer coaching exercise uh, by saying, I see you. So if you see a person, you're understanding the person, you're seeing beyond the surface. So I think that's really what um, makes emotional intelligence very important. And I also want to add back to the discussion before from Katy Sue on IQ, EQ, the fact that emotional intelligence today, you can take the assessment. It's just a snapshot in time. It's today. Maybe something is happening in this period of your life. And that's okay. Maybe in one year you will take it again, the assessment, and it's different. That's the, the beauty of, the, of human beings. We evolve, we change, we grow, and, and we learn from each other. Back to you, Tyson. Any question from the audience? I've seen some hearts here and there popping up from the audience. Thank you for the comment. Beautifully put and well said. So as we get ready to transition out from this segment, I just want to highlight everybody that this was the first podcast and we definitely intend to do more. And we're going to dive deeper into each five composites as we go further. And I want to remind you of what those composites are and just exactly what this assessment is going to take into account when we talk about all these different areas of aptitude and usage. So one, the first composite is comprised of your self-perception. And in that composite, it breaks down into your self-regard, your self-actualization, and your emotional self-awareness. The second composite group is your self-expression, and it comprises of your emotional expression, your assertiveness, and your independence. The third composite is your interpersonal, which comprises of social responsibility, empathy, and interpersonal relationships, The fourth is decision-making, which is your problem-solving, your reality testing, and your impulse control. And the final composite, which each is equal, is your stress management, your ability to be flexible, stress tolerance, and optimism. So I want to ask one more time before we do our closing remark and highlight that we're going to dive deeper into one of these composites on our next podcast and delve deeply into what it's comprised of and how it's utilized. Does anybody from the audience have a question, a statement, or a comment that they'd like to make? Don't be shy, Tim. I see many familiar names there. 
I don't want this to pinpoint anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, a, it's an interesting topic. So the audio events on LinkedIn just give us the option to accept live questions, not chat questions. So maybe that's also the point. Anyway, I'm looking, I really, I really feel that um, if you are curious about uh, the areas that create emotional intelligence and build up on your emotional intelligence, you can follow us in the upcoming podcast because there might be some interesting things that we are going to talk about. You might have also interesting things you want to share because I think the experience of each of you is important and uh, don't underestimate that. Um, I think, you know, sharing is caring, I also think. <laughs> Excellent. So today, I want to thank you all for tuning in to our Evolving Our Emotional Social Intelligence podcast. We are grateful for your listenership, and we would look forward to you joining us on July 25th at the same time for our upcoming episode as we delve deeper into one of the five composites and its three subcategories. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Um, we do have another minute. May I just, just add one thing, Tyson? Do you mind? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to also mention that um, the EQI also has a well-being indicator of happiness, which is also is, is really important because um, in, my, in my type of work, because many times we're looking at the mental illness side of things, um, and we sell, they seldom take a positive approach to it or perspective. So what the EQI brings is that it does test and have a scale or indicator scale of happiness, which is really kind of, kind of unique and very, very important um, when, you're, when you're in a positive mental health domain. Um, and also all of the 15 subscales are really competencies, which means that they're teachable and learnable. And um, I think sometimes people forget that those subscales are, aren't really just scales. They're actual teachable, learnable skills. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in just um, since we just had a couple of minutes left. And it's just appealing for our listeners. Maybe you're interested in joining our next sessions because we are going to deep dive into those. Mm-hmm. And if any of you have any questions or comments prior to or after, please send us a message here on LinkedIn, and we'd love to provide you the assessment or work with you in the different areas that you may need. With that, I'm going to end the session. And again, thank you all and look forward to our next session. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you.